Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conan Esla, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure. Well, the title of the paper today is Prove Them Wrong. Do professional athletes perform better when facing the former clubs? So four alters, them all from Russia. So Artur Asansky, Daniel Shaposhnikov, Igor Tilkin, and Gleb Vasiliev. So them all work for High School of Economics in Moscow, but two in New Economics School and Ranep as well. So them all are in Russia working there. I think the title of the paper is really intriguing. And for everyone who's listening, and if you played sport when you were a young girl like me, or if you're still doing something, you might remember a situation when this kind of stuff happened to yourself. So you suppose you play for a new club and then you're in this, let's say, strange or even uncomfortable situation where you have to play against your old club. I've had this once and I had to play against my former club. I was a field hockey player, not a great player, okay player I would say and I didn't score too often but when I played against my former club I scored it was a terrible goal but I really didn't mind at all because I was really glad that I scored it was great for me to see that finally I scored against them because I didn't leave this club let's say in a nice way so it really felt good to score against them yeah so I was really looking forward to read this paper but Tadeo Tadeo, can you believe that this guy scored any goal ever? Mm, being honest, not really. <laughs> I'm not sure he made up this story now. No, I wasn't too bad, really. I was okay, yeah. You wouldn't believe it, yeah. Well, I just missed this information. And this paper has been published in the Journal of Behavior and Experimental Economics. So it's a pretty nice journal. Guys, congratulations for that. And it has been published this year. So let's start, let's say most of the introduction you already did, Cornell, because when I read the title for me, it was really interesting in this case. Like here in Brazil, we have a case we call like the law of the X, so X law. So all the time in the first division, we are expecting the guy that moved from a team to another scoring to the former club and they show it in the TV and they count these goals. I mean, so in this sense, for me, it was really interesting to talk about. So this is what these guys are doing. They start talking about the general like labor market saying that employee poaching happened in all kinds of industries and companies are in this competition hiring employees from one to another, but then they move into sports as we already discussed it before, the advantage of sports that we can identify when one employee moves from one place to another and the all performance indicator and the metrics of performance. So is very good when comparing to traditional industries. So they discuss this thing saying that sport allows such kind of research. So the goal is to see whether employees' performance is affected when you move from one team to another, when you play against your former team, whether you play better or not. They mentioned some previous research, one in NBA, another one in NHL. And the idea is to replicate these studies and then say that providing more comprehensive use of statistics, using for the first time in football, and as they say, as they quote most importantly, check the mechanism between why these higher or lower performance 
happen. So these were the main contribution to the literature to this paper. So who is the next one? You, Carlos. It is my task today to explain data that they use and the methods. As you already mentioned, sports data is very useful to understand some of these topics. And not only because of the quality of the data, also the quantity of the data. And I want to bring this up because the authors use a tremendous amount of data. They also focus on three different sports, which makes things a little bit more complicated, I would say. They use basketball, ice hockey and soccer. So they have to somehow standardize the performance of these players, the metrics that they use to be able to build their models, right? The data that I said, there is a lot, I'm not kidding. So for basketball, these authors have more than 175,000 observations. Um, each observation is one player in one game. So it's a lot of players and games. And for example, in basketball, they have more than 9,000 games where one player plays against the former club. If we move to ice hockey, they have more than 330,000 observations, including more than 11,000 games against the former clubs. And in soccer, they analyze European leagues. They have more than 150,000 observations, including more than 5,500 games against the former clubs. So the amount of data is unbelievable. And then what they do is straightforward. They want to test the effect of playing against a former team while controlling for other factors. For this, they use different regression models where the dependent variable is a performance metric that can be basic statistics, for example, a goal or an assist or an attempt, or advanced individual statistics, for example, player impact estimates, right? This depending also on the sports, depending whether they are checking basketball, soccer, or ice hockey. Then the control variables that they include is the minutes played by these players, whether they play at home, the aids, and then they include a set of fixed effects for the player team, fixed effects for the opposing team, and fixed effects for the player themselves. So this is how they build up their models. The authors also adjust these models depending on the dependent variable that they use. As I said, there are different performance metrics, and then they use either poison regressions for count variables, OLS for continuous variables. So they have to adjust these models a little bit. This is the first part of the analysis. I would say the core analysis that they perform, but then there's a second part to this. And the authors here test alternative mechanisms that can drive their results. For example, what happens when a player play in the old stadium? What happens also when a player go to a team where they earn less money? Or when happens where the players played more time with their teams, whether they were more or less important for their previous teams? And all these conditions that could bring extra emotions or extra tactical knowledge, how does the performance differ? They also have a lot of robustness checks that they include in the appendix. And now let's see about the results. Cornell, do players play better against the former club? Very good question. So for me, after reading the paper, it's really great because I have the freedom to choose the result that I like the most. I mean, the authors, maybe they have something else. But for me, I'm free to say what I like the most. So they split it between the three different sports. So the first one I'm going to focus on is soccer, European soccer. and 
First, they find nothing. What they then do is that they split European soccer into the different leagues, which makes sense also because the leagues are really different. So then they find that in Italian soccer, so for the Serie A, if you return, you're going to score more goals. And what's interesting is that in England, they find that players that return are more likely to shoot more often. Okay, that's very good. Now let's come to the second sport, and that is basketball. They focus on the NBA. And what they find also, this is for me the first really interesting result, is that if you return, then you're more likely to score. But the authors, they go a step further. They say, okay, what about how often you try? And so, for example, if you just try more often, okay, then it's logical that you're going to score more often. So they're going to look at your accuracy. If the chances for you to score are higher when you return. And here they find something really nice. And that is, if you have a free throw, your accuracy increases. So if you just shoot during the game, no, it's, same, it's still the same accuracy, but for free throws, it increases. And for me, this is really interesting because I could imagine a player standing there and normally, you know, you always have those free throws, but you're now playing against your old team. So you take it more seriously, maybe. So that was just my intuition. So you now have this chance for a free throw and normally you just do it, but against your old team, no. I'm not just doing it. I'm really, really concentrating on it. Okay, so now let's have a look at the NHL ice hockey. And here we are going to come to the result that I like the most. So first they find that players made more shots, more hits, and received fewer penalty minutes. And this is the result that I really like, the fewer penalty minutes. Because suppose you come back to your old team and there are going to be many players in your opponent's team now, which you really know. You've played together with them maybe for years and you've practiced together with them. So now it's not only yourself that's maybe less aggressive towards your old teammates, but it's also your teammates. You know, they still want to win the game, but they're not going to body check you like they maybe would with the others. So this is a result that I really like because it shows that their analysis is really credible and has something in it that is interesting for researchers and players alike. Exactly. And this question, I think it also depends on the country you are based on and the culture of the country and how you take these changes and how mediatic it is. So I was glad to see this paper and I'm pretty sure there will be some more coming, not only perhaps in sports, also in, in other settings, because it's quite interesting. Cornel, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned. <laughs>